Welcome to our Let's Talk Dallas County program, presented by Perry Fairway. Always fresh, always fairway. I'm Logan Mance. Please be joined by the U.S. Congressman, uh, Zach Dunn. Thanks, Zach, for taking the time. Appreciate it. Hey, Logan, thanks so much for having me on today. We've been uh, having a great time traveling around all 21 counties here over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, anytime I get to come into the studio and talk to your listeners, it means a lot. So thank you. Yeah, and it's been a busy, what is it, a month? Yeah, month just, just a into our uh, second month now, and um, you know it's a lot for a freshman member of Congress to uh, set up three offices across the state of Iowa to set up the DC office to bring everybody on. And we're privileged because we're serving on two really important committees for Iowa: the Financial Services Committee, which covers everybody who works in insurance here in Iowa, and then the Farm Committee uh, with the Farm Bill coming up on Ag Committee, which really covers down on anybody who either grows, harvests, plants or eats in the state of Iowa. So this is a really good thing for us. And you just recently introduced a new piece of legislation that would end automatic pay raises for Congress. Why did you want to introduce a bill like this? So this builds on a series of legislation that I think is really important. It's about putting Iowans before D.C. politicians. And for far too long, in addition to the Stock Act bill that I said, you know, politicians in D.C. should not be trading on insider information. I also don't believe that members uh, of the congressional delegation from any state should be getting rich while they're in office. And what this bill does is basically puts an end to congressional pay raises. Uh, and I want to note here, um, you know, members of Congress have received an auto pay every year since 1992. And if they would have not voted against it, that'd mean members of Congress would be making $220,000. And in 2003, this coming year, that means $7,000 more going to members of Congress. Now, I know in Iowa, no one is looking at a $7,000 pay increase, and we shouldn't be asking the taxpayers to pay more money when Congress can't even settle its uh, expenses that they already have on the books, let alone add more money to it. And this seems like a kind of a self-inflicted uh, bill that uh, obviously someone new at Congress. Could you just expand on that? Uh, just. I mean, it's something that is going to go against your pay, right? Yeah, no. So I'm I'm fine with not only uh, holding me level, but making sure that other members of Congress, again, aren't getting more money. Look, I've had the privilege of always putting service before self. In the military, most members of the military aren't making this. In the state house here in Iowa, uh, members are making $25,000 a year. It's really meant to be a part-time job. And in Congress unless members of Congress step up to say, I'm voting against a pay raise, this is automatic. You know what? If you want to have a pay raise, then go out there and convince your voters why you need to do it. But don't make this something that you get to put in your pocket and walk away with. And I would say, let's lead by example. What has worked in Iowa can work for the entire country. And Congress should take point of this. We also don't need it at the local level. Supervisors at the county level uh, should be justifying why they get a pay increase. City council members in Des Moines just voted for their own pay increase. These are things that public servants are, you know, getting paid by taxpayer dollars when most of us are experiencing record high inflation and a cost which actually means our take-home salary is less now than it was two years ago. And, and what I'll say on this, Logan, is over half the country feels they're worse off than they were just two years ago when, in this case, the Biden administration came into office. That's something that no American generation should have to face where they feel like they are working harder and taking home less for their family. And you're on the Financial Services Committee, and like you said, these last two years we've seen record high gas prices, record high credit debt, record high inflation, wages decimated by that inflation, and record household debt. Uh, with you on that Financial Services 
committee. Has that been a big topic? It absolutely has. And I think, you know, there's a couple of things that we have the opportunity to do in Congress to really help Iowa families. First, let's get back to lowering those input costs. Input costs for farmers means food or fertilizer they have to put in the field. Input costs for families means shorter supply chains so that we're not paying such a premium every time we go and shop for groceries. And really ratcheting down on what it means for us to be financing alternative fuel sources, fuel sources that are coming from overseas when we could be making domestic energy a real priority, which is why I'm so proud uh, Congress has already passed you know, a bill that would make sure that we um, protect our strategic petroleum reserve, that we are buying energy domestically, and that we're standing up to countries like China that are directly competing with us in areas that are American-made jobs produced here domestically. The more we can do in the United States, the shorter the supply chain, the lower the cost to Americans. These are all things the financial services I'm proud to get to lead on. When talking about inflation in the economy, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says uh, expects it to come down. Are you... And that same kind of mind frame, do you think it's going to come down anytime soon? You know, I think it's divided about half and half. I just got to speak with a member of the Federal Board of Reserves out of Kansas City here. I also spoke with a number of, um, you know, CEOs for some of our top banking and lending institutions. Here's the concern. Half the country uh, or half the leaders in this group feel like the inflation rate needs to go up because they're worried that prices are running away. The other part wants to see an interest rate hike to help drive inflation down. Here's my concern. You know, two years ago, we were at basically zero interest rate. And now we've almost, you know, increased that by 600%. That's a, that's a dangerous situation to be in when we're ratcheting up the inflation or when we're ratcheting up interest rates to try and drive down inflation, but it's having very little effect. It puts a chilling impact for anybody who wants to buy that first home when they're looking at a mortgage rate now that has crept up from n- near record low levels to now four and a half going on 5% uh, for a business owner that wants to make an expansion or investment in their workforce by building a new building, or for a farmer or a Main Street business here in Iowa that's looking at being able to sustain itself when they see inflation itself running away, and they're not even able to bring in the revenue they need to keep up with where inflation is right now. So this is a, a twin challenge of watching what our interest rates are going to be as a way to not only combat inflation, but really thread the needle here to keep things uh, steady at the helm marching forward. Congress has a role to play in this, but the White House has a role to play in this as well. And this is why I think it's so important both sides start communicating with each other now as we head into the summer season. Again, we're speaking with Congressman, U.S. Congressman Zach Nunn on our Let's Talk Dallas County program. And what role should uh, Washington play and the United States play on this new kind of story we got with the origin of COVID-19, figuring out that it was... It was conceived from a, a lab in China. Yeah, so the Department of Energy came out with a new report that uh, really is based on information that we should have been looking at almost two years ago with the start of COVID to identify that COVID-19 most likely in their assessment came out of the Wuhan lab in China. Now, China has been very um, difficult to get information out of uh, and including up to the point where they've you know really made it challenging for our scientists to get in there. The other part that's concerning to me is it looks like the United States government may have been financing some of this research, may have known what was going on, and has refused to provide that. So one of the things we're trying to do in Washington, I've just been put on the China Commission. This is a bipartisan group between the House, the Senate, and the President, the executive branch, to really look into the impact of China's 
nefarious behavior on everything from what's happening in country to its impact of a spread of COVID. I think we really need to get answers on this because that's the best way to prevent this from happening into the future. This is not an esoteric, you know, theoretical conversation. This is a real way to say, hey, we lost 11 million lives in America. China lied, and as a result, Americans have died. And they've lied to our face repeatedly here, everything from the balloon uh, overflight to what they're doing to their own people in country with the Uyghur population. We need to hold China accountable, and most importantly, provide solutions so these kind of horrible tragedies don't get repeated time and time again.